the Son therefore shall make you free, ye shall be free indeed. We'd like to welcome you to our current event and weekly Bible study for February 6, 2011. And today we'll be covering a multitude of different topics, mostly uh, current event and Bible study type things. There's a lot of current events that's kind of been building up. And uh, we're going to be taking kind of an extensive look at this whole UFO orb over the um, Jerusalem that's been widely uh, being reported on. We're going to look at it from what the secular standpoint is saying. Uh, and I think it's wise to do that because they, a lot of times, will try to equate this into the coming of their potential Savior or Messiah or however they may try to do that. And then I want to look at it from a, a Christian standpoint. And uh, But then we'll have kind of both viewpoints to, to look at. And obviously the secular standpoint is the flawed standpoint. But this is going to be the very way in which the Antichrist deceives the whole world. Um, essentially through lying signs, wonders, and miracles. But this is going to be part of that uh, whole process, most likely. Or, or play some part in it. It's probably going to play a major part. So it, it is good to, be, to not be ignorant of Satan's devices, lest he get an advantage of us. And then we're going to be looking at also a pretty extensive look at uh, vaccinations. And uh, some more information that has come up, just reiterating and verifying everything that we've reported on in the past. Uh, but it will be new information that you most likely haven't heard. Those are the two main topics we'll be covering today. So just to start out with some Bible verses, Isaiah 41.10 reads out of the King James Bible, Fear thou not, for I am with thee. Be not dismayed, for I am thy God. I will strengthen thee, yea, I will help thee, yea, I will uphold thee with thy right hand of my righteousness. So these are good verses to dwell upon, particularly when you start to, you know, if you feel like the walls are closing in with all of these really horrific, draconian current events that seem to be coming at us at an increasing rate. The, the, the coming, you know, police state, potential food shortages, potential pandemics, I mean, you name it. It's, it's happening, and um, there's verses in the Bible that are good to dwell on um, to, to counterbalance that, that whole thing. Because if we're just dwelling on the negative, when we're looking at this from a worldly uh, standpoint, it's, it's, your, your eyes are going to get off the Lord Jesus Christ, and that's what you don't want to do, particularly in the days and times we're moving into. So, Isaiah 41.13 says, For I, the Lord thy God will hold thy right hand, saying unto thee, Fear not, I will help thee. And again, these are verses that you can commit to memory and quote. And um, very, very good to do that. Thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against thee. So there, there is an um, application uh, regarding hiding God's word in your heart that you do not actually sin against him. So the more scripture you memorize... Um, the less prone you're going to be to sin. I mean, I think that's the logical conclusion we can draw from that. Not to say you're going to walk around sinless perfection, but the more scripture you commit to memory, uh, the better, essentially. So the last verse that I quoted was Psalm 119, verse 11, and then Psalm 119, verse 9, says, Wherewithal shall a young man cleanse his way? By taking heed thereto according to thy word. So... 
you, you take heed to the, to the word of God in order to cleanse your way. Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Uh, these are all some from Psalm 119. There's a multitude of, of really good verses in Psalm 119. It's also the largest chapter in the Bible. Anyway, Isaiah 54.14 says, In righteousness shall thou be established, thou shalt be far from oppression. For thou shalt not fear, and from terror, for it shall not come near thee. Okay, so again, Psalm 91 has a lot of that application as, as well, re- regarding, you know, thousands shall fall at thy side, and ten thousand at thy right hand, but it shall not come nigh thee. You know, there's a lot of different verses in, in that. And obviously, Psalms are full of really good, I, I talked a lot about Psalm 64, regarding protection and these types of things. And you can, I believe that to a certain extent, you can quote these verses back to the Lord, and it's like the Bible says, my word will not return void, to me void. The Lord says that. So, um, by quoting these verses, and, and I'm literally like praying them, and I don't mean rote prayers over and over again, you're, but you're, you're, you're building your faith, and you're showing God that you have faith. I mean, if you can actually quote these verses, and if you've memorized them, and quote them back to God, and believe them, well, what is that? That's faith. And faith is the substance of things hoped for, and the evidence of things not seen. Faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. So again, we go back to hearing the word of God builds faith. Reading it and, and you know, meditating on it as well. And um, without faith, it is impossible to please God. So we have to have faith in order to please God. And, um, th- and again, a lot of these things are talking about the fear of man, essentially. And the Bible says the fear of man bringeth a snare. And the fear of man would fall under the application of, you know, f- not just the fear of a man, but the fear of... Anything going on from a worldly standpoint, whether it's some coming cataclysm, I, I believe it would fall under that category. Uh, whereas the fear of God is, is the beginning of wisdom, it's the beginning of understanding, it's the beginning of knowledge. The Bible says the angel of the Lord encampeth around him about them that fear him, and, the, and he delivereth them. So those are all really good verses to commit to memory. Uh, Isaiah forty-one thirty-one says... But as, but they wait up. But they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary, and they shall walk and not be faint. So, uh, another really, really good one to commit to memory. Okay, so let's get into the main body of the teaching now. Um, first, first article uh, entitled "Secular Source Asks." Is the UFO orb over the Dome of the Rock in Jerusalem a communication by E.T.? When you hear that word E.T., it's extraterrestrial. Like, remember E.T., phone home? All of our favorite movies, I'm sure. E.T. Anyway. um, So let's go further. This is from January 31st, 2011. And again, now understand, this is from a secular standpoint, how somebody from the world, or somebody wanting are looking for disclosure. You have to understand, there's whole subsets of our society um, that are actively pursuing and and, and, um, engaging our governments and pressuring our governments in every way, shape, and form that they can for what they're terming disclosure. Meaning where they're going to finally reveal that the world governments have been working with this supposed alien species or several alien species for a long time, but they couldn't tell us because we couldn't handle it, and they've got all this wonderful technology, and in fact, this is where a lot of our technology came from. 
like computers, for instance, and a lot of other things that have happened since they were actively working with these other uh, alien species. And essentially, we've went over this in times past, but um, what we're getting into is the next coming great deception. We're dealing with demonic entities or containers that house demonic entities like the greys and these types of things, and or fallen angels, and or their offspring like the Nephilim. And the Bible says, as it was in the days of Noah, Jesus Christ said, as it was in the days of Noah, so shall it be in the days of the coming of the Son of Man. Well, and we're going to look at that more extensively tonight. But um, we're right on the cusp of this time of Jesus' return, whether you believe in pre-trib, mid-trib, pre-wrath, or post-trib, the fact remains is that, you know, it's it's very, very close in comparison to if you lived a thousand years ago, okay? Technology's all in place, the world governments are coming together, we have the United Nations, I mean, there's just so many things that are in place right now that weren't in place, um, you know, let's say a thousand years ago, 500 years ago, 100 years ago, 50 years ago. So... Uh, I've got into the the how our government has been working with them in the the um, uh, teaching called the Grenada Treaty that I did, and um, it was actually a treaty that I believe that our government entered into um, decades ago, and I think we make a pretty good case for that. It's not really my information, but it's a multi-part teaching, and I believe yes, I give you all the links to that teaching. In fact, I give you all 11 links that I've done relating to this subject at the end of the first article, and it will be for, um, I don't know, 22, 23 page PDF that I will be posting with the January 6th, 2011 teaching on contending for truth, one word, contendingfortruth.com. And you can go up there, it's all free, you can go up there, click on the links, uh, listen to all the, the uh, teachings I've done on this particular subject if you're not aware of this and how this is going to play in the end times. What I try to do is pursue this from a biblical basis. This can be explained. It can easily be explained from a biblical end time basis. But unfortunately, it's a subject that most preachers, um, be, I guess for fear of being labeled a lot and possibly for just plain out fear, um, for fear, what would somebody say? For fear, we're going to lose the congregation. You know, I'm sure there's a lot of reasons. But they don't get into this. And yet, this is something that Hollywood and all forms of secular media have been shoving down our throat for a long time. And then we have all the sightings and all the abductions and all these things that have taken place. And they've done polls and found that 2 to 3% of the American population alone claim to have been abducted. So, I mean, are they all crazy? I mean, these aren't people that are proud of it. These are people that, you know, these are private polls most of the time where they don't have to reveal their name. But we can't, I mean, all of them can't be crazy. So, there's something behind this. And I'm not going to get into all that today because I've done it in times past. I give you 11 links here. And the one regarding the Grenada Treaty is going to be the Exposing the Strong Delusion. Um, one, two, three, four, five, and 6. And then I've got one on the UFO phenomenon in the church, how it relates to the church. Uh, the next coming great um, 
challenge for the church, essentially. And then one entitled UFOs, Aliens, Fallen Angels, and then the Return of the Nephilim. So, between those 11 links, if you really want to get educated, listen to those, and that should pretty much load your boat and get you up to speed, um, because we just can't cover all aspects of that today. So, back to the article here. A second independent video and news report. And if you don't know what I'm talking about with this Jerusalem, this UFO orb over Jerusalem, bear with me. It will be explained as we get into this. A second independent video and news report emerged today on January 30th, 2011, confirming the authenticity of the UFO orb over Mount Zion and the Dome of the Rock in Jerusalem at 1 a.m. in the morning of January 28th, 2011. Now, just so you know, and I will say this, we get it, now there's actually four videos. There's four videos taken from different angles, from different people, that are all confirming the same thing. On January 28, 2011, at 1 a.m., a UFO orb appeared over Mount Zion in the Dome of the Rock, uh, Temple Mountain, Jerusalem. A video of the UFO orb states, two men capture a film of what might be one of the most interesting UFO clips ever caught. Witnesses noticed the large oval-shaped UFO suspended on the night skyline. At about one minute into the clip, the UFO descends almost to ground level directly over the Dome of the Rock of the Temple Mount. Now remember, the Dome of the Rock is the Muslim, it's like the Muslims, I believe, third most holy site. Just so happens to be the Muslims' third most holy site, you know. And it gives them, one of the excuses the Muslims it gives them is to absolutely... Um, contend with the Jews for not only the Temple Mount itself, but for Jerusalem, because it's considered, you know, the third most holy site in their cult, death cult religion. Uh, let's go further. Okay, so at about one minute, the UFO descends almost to the ground level directly over the Dome of the Rock. And I give you all the links. You can watch the videos if you haven't already seen them. The oval UFO hovers there for a short while, flashes lights into the surrounding buildings, Shortly after this burst of light, the UFO performs a rapid ascent into a region of the sky occupied by a number of red lights, which appear to be rotating around an invisible body, as if they were the navigation lights of a gigantic spaceship from which the UFO had first descended. In other words, it looks like the bottom of a mothership. You can't really see the ship, but you can see these red lights. You'll see it. They're like, you know, kind of pulsating and, and that. Uh, the videos end with the departure of this apparent mothership object. Witnesses were totally taken back and amazed at what they had seen. Uh, you can view both videos, and they've got them even side by side. And if anything has ever looked legitimate that I've ever seen regarding a UFO sighting, when you have it filmed from four different angles, by four different people, four different sets of people, and they're all showing the same thing on camera, that's pretty tough to fake. I'm not saying it can't be done. Okay, I'm not saying this isn't Project Bluebeam. Like, in other words, a holographic projection. Maybe it was that. I don't know. The point is, is there's still a lot of this being um, put out there. You know, I, I get, it's not really been shoved down her throat regarding that, not this particular incident. But this has been all over the internet. And there's been a lot of debate um, about it so far. Um, let's see here. So going further, I give you all the links in the, in the PDF. You'll be able to click on those and, 
explore it. I'll give you then the third and the fourth Dome of the Rock UFO incident video. And this is actually, the fourth one is the best one. It is the closest one. And it shows exactly the same thing as the other two showed. They were from a greater distance. So, now, this is three questions now linger for the UFO and exopolitics experts and observers from around the world. Now, the exopolitics movement is a whole movement. I've been on their email list for quite some time because I'm trying to keep an eye on what they're doing. It's a whole movement by secular sources, by secular experts in people for disclosure. Um, they're trying to pressure Obama. They, they really were, were um, when Obama got into office, they really felt as though before he left office, um, he was going to be the president that came to the forefront and with disclosure. Now, you can imagine... If that were to happen, if Obama were to play that card, you know how he's got all these really, really bad poll ratings because he's basically turning America into more of a police state than it's ever been in times past. He's, the economy's terrible. I mean, you could go on and on and on about what this devil's doing, the lies and everything else. He's got a very, very low approval rating. But could you imagine if he stepped to the microphone tomorrow at the, let's say, at the lowest point of his approval rating, and all of a sudden... He started talking about how we've been working with this alien race and now we're going to disclose this and we're going to come clean and guess what? They got all this wonderful technology. We're going to be able to eradicate cancer. We're going to have free energy. We're going, you know, on and on and on. Okay? Can you imagine how his approval rating would skyrocket overnight? Now, everybody's saying there's no way he could be a two-term president. Well, if he was the disclosure president, and I understand it would freak a lot of people out as well. Um, a lot of Christians, and, and I'm not even saying, I'm not going to say they're unsaved Christians, I'm going to say even saved, that have not been educated on the subject at all, that have been totally left in the dark, they are going to, uh, they're ignorant of Satan's devices regarding this particular subject. Well, when that happens, Satan can get an advantage of us. The Bible says in Hosea 4, 6, that my children are destroyed for lack of knowledge. And because thou hast rejected knowledge, I will also reject thee, and thou shalt be a priest to me no more, and I will also reject thy children. So we've got to be really careful what knowledge we're rejecting um, regarding what is set before us. Um, he that answereth a matter before he heareth it, it is a folly and a shame unto him, as the Bible says. But the problem is, is, is this is going to be such a shock for most people within the church, most likely. Um, it's not going to be a shock for the people that are in the New Age. It's not going to be a shock for people that have already immersed themselves in this and been waiting for this with bated breath. It's not going to be a shock for all these people that, that um, all the sci-fi people and all the UFO community and the people in the exopolitics. In fact, they're going to be the ones that look like they're the smart ones. And the vast majority of the Christians, and I mean, they're going to lump Catholics and every lukewarm um, brand uh, every lukewarm brand of Christian into that heading, okay, the secular media will. They're going to look like they don't have a clue. Most likely. For the most part. That's 
how it's going to look. And this is this is definitely, I believe, one of the main aspects of the strong delusion that God said he was going to send in 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, where it says, For this cause God shall send them strong delusion, that they will believe a lie, that they might all be damned, who received not the love of the truth, but had pleasure in unrighteousness. So, a lot of people in the in the so-called church today take great pleasure in unrighteousness. They embrace things that are totally unbiblical. And um, I'm not saying that because I think I'm perfect or whatever. No, I'm not saying that at all. I'm just saying there's a lot of stuff going on in the church today uh, from a lukewarm standpoint. Uh, a lot of heresy being embraced. Just you could go on and on and I've documented a lot of this in previous teachings. And, um, you know, it's why it's very important what pastor or what preacher you're setting yourself under um, regarding where you're going to get truth. And, and that's why I always tell people, go back to the Word of God. Pray fast about these issues. Don't take my word for it. Check it out. Um, don't trust in man. The Bible says, Cursed be the man that trusteth in man, and that maketh flesh his arm, and whose heart departeth from the Lord. So we don't want to do that. It's Jeremiah um, 17.5. So we don't want to be putting our trust in a man or even a ministry. Because man, ministries, people can fail you. The Lord Jesus Christ will never fail you. Ever. Okay? That is where we need to be grounded. And we need to build our rock on the solid rock, or our house on the solid rock of Christ Jesus. And when the winds come and the waves crash, we're not going to be swept away. Because we're anchored in truth. What is truth? The Bible says, thy word is truth. Jesus Christ said, if you continue in my word, then are you my disciples indeed, and you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. So, what is that everybody loves to say, oh, you'll know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. But that's dependent on the previous verse. If you continue in my word, then are you my disciples indeed. And you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. So this is, a, this is the mark of a disciple of Jesus Christ, essentially. Continuing in his word. And make sure you have the right Bible, the King James Bible. Um, regarding that. And I've done several teachings on that particular subject. So, three questions. This is from a secular exopolitics standpoint. And again, exopolitics is a push from the secular, New Age, whoever sources... For disclosure, it's in, and there's a big movement, and it's gaining momentum. And um, three questions now linger for UFO and exopolitics experts and observers around the world. Question one: Is the dome of the rock UFO orb a genuine ET phenomenon? Question two: Is the ET or interdimensional intelligence behind the dome of the rock UFO orbs sending an intentional, meaningful con? What they refer to as context communication to humanity by this UFO event. Now, remember, if you look at Maitreya, for example, okay, and whether you believe Maitreya is going to be the Antichrist or play a big time, big part in the end times, let's just use him as an example. And I've done, I can't tell you how many teachings I've done, I've done on Maitreya, who I believe there's a good chance he's either the Antichrist or the false prophet. He has a UN-sponsored website. Uh, all the big UN-sponsored organizations are pointing to him and the UN is going to be the backbone of the coming one world uh, really political system, economic system and religious system you, you name it, the, the United Nations is going to be most likely the backbone. This is the guy they're pointing to. 
Okay, so it's not my information, it's his. He claims to be the fifth Buddha, which is who the Buddha, as far as, he claims to be the Messiah to all the world's major religions. I don't mean to every little niche cult out there. I'm talking all the main religious religions of the world. He is, you know, the fifth Buddha to the Buddhists. That's who they're waiting as their awaited savior. Because there are all these main religions have some savior they're waiting for. And who better than either the Antichrist or a bare minimum the false prophet when they come on the scene to fulfill this awaited savior prototype. Um, to the Hindus, he's Krishna. Uh, to the Muslims, they're waiting for Imam Mahdi. That's who Maitreya claims to be. He also claims to be the Messiah to the Jews and essentially the, the um, Christ to the Christians. So all the five major religious systems of the world, he's basically saying, I'm the guy. Okay, and he's been saying it for decades. So, um, he said in his, in, in many of his communications, and he has a false prophet named Benjamin Krem, who he channels through, demonic channeling, and he flat out has said many, many times that up until the time when he makes his day of declaration, meaning the day that he says he will telepathically communicate with every single person on the planet, he says that up until that time, you're going to see an increasing amount of UFO sightings and signs and wonders and these types of things in the sky. Now remember, the Bible clearly says that the Antichrist and the false prophet are going to deceive the whole world. Now I'm not talking about true born-again Bible-believing Christians, but I'm saying the whole world in general, the Bible says, through the lying signs and wonders and miracles. That's the very means by which the whole world will be deceived. This is why Jesus Christ said, a wicked and a gener- uh, a wicked and adulterous generation seeketh after a sign. We, we shouldn't base our life on, like the Catholics do, where they're w- w- going around, oh, show me a sign, do this. Or the Pentecostals, a lot of them, live their life that way. Hey, I've been there, done it. You know, they live their life looking for another sign or another word from God. Even though, even though most of the time it doesn't line up with the word of God. It's what I found to be true. We don't want to live our life that way. But the world is so programmed to be so fleshly and carnally minded. And that appeals to our flesh and our carnal mind. Signs and wonders. Where do I go? Where do I sign up? I just want more signs and wonders. Well, the devil's really good at that. I mean, he, he can appear as an angel of light. It's no marvel that his ministers can appear as ministers of righteousness, as the Bible says. So, you know, this, is, this should be what we're actually looking for and expecting to happen. And the what better lying sign and wonder than all these UFO sightings and people are seeing all kind of stuff up in the skies and, and, you know, all these things and all these miracles that are taking place in the earth and they're, they're occultic. Maitreya essentially takes credit for every single one of them. And he said on the day of declaration, when, when um, at, at the culmination of all of these sightings and, and all these things, at the culmination, which will most likely be at the end of World War III, after the world has been absolutely, totally traumatized, probably on the heels of some major pandemic as well, and or on the heels of some major cataclysmic earth change type disasters, tsunamis, earthquakes, volcanoes, all these things going off at the same time. Can you imagine how traumatized people would be? And on the heels of, let's say, massive food shortages, huge, um, I mean, uh, you see the prices in the, in the grocery store, we're just there tonight, I mean, it's like, wow, I mean, we're talking, they're seriously starting to go up here. Gas prices are going, you name it. Um, all of these things, I believe, are going to probably um, 
get worse and build upon one another until he finally makes his big day of declaration where supposedly he says he will telepathically communicate with every person on the planet. Now, we've got technology now that can beam thoughts into people's heads. I mean, I've seen, there was a there was a one time I saw this, and I think I played this on one of my teachings, where there was this new movie, and these people were walking, I think it was in New York, and they were walking down the street, and you could hear this thing they had up on this building. And it was literally beaming the thoughts into your head. And it was about this horror movie. And I mean, I, you, you, you walked like through it and then by it and then you couldn't hear it anymore. But they've got that technology. They've got technology we're not even aware of. Then they've got all the blue beam technology where they can make big gigantic projections up in the sky that look real. And I've got into that. Uh, I believe in that exposing the strong delusion. They, that project blue beam. They can make a fake rapture as well. They can rapture all the New Agers out of here and make all the Christians look like fools. Well, I'm not saying they're going to make all the Christians look like fools, but they're going to try to do that. That's what they want to do. They're going to have their false fake rapture. And so there's all these things that they can actually pull off that a lot of Christians aren't even aware of. And when it does happen, they're going to their hearts are going to probably start failing them for fear of what's coming on the earth. They're not. They're going to say, "Where is this in my Bible? Why didn't my pastor tell me this? What's going on?" And they're going to start losing faith. Okay? And if they had any real faith to begin with. Because, remember, we're going to be tested. Faith is always something that is typically tested. Um, and there's a lot of, um, you know, Bible verses that, that talk about that. Think it not strange, the fiery trial, which is to try you as though it's be some, you know, strange thing. We shouldn't even, we're, we're to expect it. But most Christians are taught, no, it's, we won't encounter any bad stuff, it'll all be good, and, and, and then you think about, well, what about all the poor Christians like in Africa and China and a lot of these other countries that have been, you know, are, are being martyred or will be martyred and or have been martyred and or all the people that live like through the Inquisition, the Catholic Church killed like 50 million people and a lot of them were true born again Bible believing Christians, are, are we better than they? You know, I mean, come on. So, again, I'm just saying, these are things that you want to think about. So, anyway, um, going further here, this question three, I'm just going to repeat this. Does the Dome of the Rock UFO event fit the pattern predicted by former NORAD officer Stanley Fulham, who is one of the guys, main, main guys in the exopolitics movement? Okay, He's a former NORAD officer, um, Stanley Fulham, in his December 3rd, 2010 communique, that extraterrestrial interventions will then accelerate, not so much over our cities, but dispersed over our continents with sightings, sightings increasing in duration. Meaning, even the people in the exopolitics movement that are supposedly in the know are confirming what Maitreya has said, and is saying, we're going to have increased sightings, they're going to they're be increasing. Now, where is this all moving? The way most of the church preachers would approach this, and again, I'm not condemning every single one. I'm not saying they're all not warning their congregations about this. But the way that I would say 99% of them are, for the most part, whether they be Protestant or, or, or uh, I mean, Lutheran, Evangelical, whatever stripe they may be, just, it's not being talked about. 
this type of thing. They're not preparing their congregations for any of this. Uh, he's saying interventions, UFO interventions, will then accelerate not so much of our cities, but dispersed over our continents with sightings increasing in duration. Confirming what Maitreya says, and again, getting back to what Maitreya had said before, this day of declaration, supposedly he would telepathically communicate this message of whatever, love, beamed into our heads. Then we would see our, these gigantic projections in the sky. And for, like, over India, they're going to have some projection of what you would perceive Krishna would look like. Or Buddha or whatever. And what they're going to start doing, and we're going to see how this, this, this event, this Dome of the Rock UFO event, relates to this very subject of the world's religions. Because think of this, it appeared of the Dome of the Rock. Well, this is, a, this is highly significant to not only Muslims, but also the Jews and also Christians. So, again, kind of a, is it a coincidence that it appeared over Dome of the Rock? We're going to look at that more. So, anyway, I'm just trying to, to say this may be one of, the, one of the things that is how it goes down. Let's say my website, you know, goes down and whenever, okay? Because I think it's a matter of time. Uh, well, not, not, to, not to say the Lord can't keep it up there, but I think there's going to be some point when the Internet's probably taken away from us or highly regulated to the point where it'll just be, you know, Big Brother Orwellian type of information up there. I want you to be able to draw upon these teachings that I've done. I mean, obviously, you want to stick to the Word of God, but I just want to try to be able to make sense of it for you. So then when it does go down, you can draw back and say, hey, yeah, I was warned about this. This, this, is, this is exactly or, or pretty much how I had heard it before, and this is this deception, and I can identify this deception. I'm not ignorant of this device of Satan. And now it's not going to get an advantage of me. And then you can in turn go out and educate other people and help them. That's what it's all about in the end. So, again, back to question three. Interventions will then accelerate, not so much over our cities, but dispersed over our continents with sightings increasing in duration. This is what Stanley Fulham, ex-NORAD officer, in his December 3rd, 2010 communique about extraterrestrials. Then he, then, they, then he says, the intent of these interventions is to increase mankind's acceptance of the alien phenomena so that hopefully we will be prepared to accept a face-to-face encounter and communicate perhaps as early as next year. Now, he said this in 2010. It's 2011 now. In fact, he made quite a few different predictions about UFOs appearing over like Moscow and these types of things, and a lot of them came true. So he's just one of the many out there that are really, really, really pushing for this. And, and, and um, when they get it right, particularly when he's saying, okay, this is going to happen and it's going to happen at this particular time, you know, it makes them look really good. It makes them look really, really credible. And the more credible the UFO community looks, I mean, the higher likelihood we're going to have disclosure sooner than later. Um, okay, so that's the end of that particular article. And again, I give you the 11 links to the teachings I've done on this particular subject, which really should get you up to speed if you haven't uh, heard those. Next is another secular report, Israeli UFO monolith communications in Vancouver meditation. I just wanted to touch on this. I'm not going to, 
I, I edited most of this out because a lot of it was such New Age garbage. But I just wanted to give you the crux of this. So this is from a New Age guy. He says, Last Friday's dramatic UFO incident in which the mysterious luminous body descended over the Temple Mount in Jerusalem was captured by at least four different video cameras revealing flashes of light during the communications taking place in a summit. Now he's saying it took place in a summit between E.T., extraterrestrials, and the foundation stone beneath the Dome of the Rock. Like a scene from the movie 2001, The Space Odyssey. And I'm looking at this and I'm thinking, what? What is this guy talking about? Foundation stone? I wasn't aware of this. I looked up the foundation stone. Now, again, I'm going to explain this. Again, I'm not saying this is what exactly took place, but he does make a good point here. And who knows, okay? The foundation stone or rock is the name of the rock at the heart of the Dome of the Rock in Jerusalem. Now remember, the Dome of the Rock is the Islamic um, portion of the Temple Mount. That's where you always see that big dome, that golden dome. That's the Islamic portion. It is also known as the Pierced Stone because it has a small hole in the southeastern corner that enters a cavern beneath the rock, known as the Well of Souls. It is believed by some to have been the location of the Holy of Holies in the Temple and is the holiest site in Judaism. Jewish tradition views it as the spiritual junction of heaven and earth. Jews traditionally face it while praying. Now, you can imagine all of the contention that the these um, high-level religious Jews would have against these high-level religious Muslims because, essentially, this most holy part that they would... Um, consider, okay, is actually in the Dome of the Rock, which I don't think they have any kind of access to that if they're Jewish. I mean, that would be, I mean, that would be a real problem, I would imagine, but between them, and it's, and it's no wonder there's so much contention over, over that uh, site. Now, so there's this, this um, found, foundation stone that we just described here, which has been believed to have been the location of the Holy of Holies, possibly the holiest site in Judaism, uh, the spiritual junction between heaven and earth. That's how the Jews believe it, and the Jews actually traditionally face it while praying. Now, 2001 Space Odyssey that he just referred to, this ET communication between the Foundation Stone and this UFO orb, 2001 Space Odyssey is a story of evolution. Now, I'm reading from the official description. Sometime in distant past, someone or something nudged evolution by placing a monolith on Earth. Now, they're comparing the monolith to the foundation stone. He is. Placing a monolith on Earth, presumably elsewhere throughout the universe as well. Evolution then enabled humankind to reach the moon's surface. Uh, in other words, we're just evolving. We, we started out as the primordial slime. And then lightning hit that like 80 billion years ago. And then out of the primordial slime urged this two-celled amoeba that kind of slinked into the sea, into the primordial sea. And then eventually that turned into some kind of little amphibious creature and then a fish. And then it grew legs and then it got on land and then it turned into an aardvark. And then whatever, a tree monkey. And then to an ape which eventually evolved into us, as we are. I mean, it takes a whole lot more faith to believe that than to believe God created the earth in seven days and he made man and, you know, he created uh, man and woman in his image, this type of thing. So, you know, 
takes a lot more faith to believe in evolution. But anyway, it's saying evolution enabled humankind to reach the moon's surface, where yet another monolith is found, one that signals the monolith placers that humankind has evolved that far. Now a race begins between the computers, the computer on uh, 2001 Space Odyssey is called HAL, H-A-L, it's an abbreviation, and so a race begins between humans and human to reach the monolith placers, whoever placed the monolith there. The winner will achieve the next step in evolution, whatever that may be. Now, it's kind of interesting because a lot of this whole thing with these Ascended Masters making their big debut, um, and there's several Ascended Masters that are saying they're going to come on the scene. Matre is just really one of them. And they're also going to be saying that we are actually the ones in control of the UFOs. And one of the big things that you always see channeled, and I've got into this in other teachings that I've done, is that they actually are our creators. These alien life forms, these ascended masters. And they are going to tell us and confirm to us through the concept of the ancient astronaut theory that they came here millions and millions of years ago and one way or another seeded the planet with humanity or the spark that evolved into humanity if you want to see the best uh, slash worst representation of that, key in Mission to Mars final scene on YouTube. And you can see the biggest lie from the pit of hell that I think I've just about ever seen. Where at the end of the movie they finally get with the large, tall, gray alien. Which some of these ascended masters, I believe the one's name is Hanton, who he calls himself creator god of the universe... He claims that he's creator God of the universe. He also says, oh, by the way, I'm a large gray alien. <laughs> Just so you know. you know, I'm, I'm not lying. I'm not making this stuff up. Okay, But at the end of this, at the end scene in Mission to Mars, you've got this large gray alien instructing the human and showing him our past and how it all went down. And that Mars was under, I don't know, some type of meteoric bombardment. They had to get off the planet. They had to get out of Dodge. So what ended up happening is they 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 ju- they shuttled um, these little spacecraft things to Earth that essentially seeded the oceans with the beginnings and the vestiges, the first vestiges of what of life that ultimately ended up evolving into humans. And they even show the evolution process in the show. This is called the ancient astronaut theory. And it's going to be one of the main things that is shoved down our throat when these devils finally make their big debut. Guaranteed. And what other thing could you do to shake and try to destroy? Because that's what Satan's ultimate goal is, is to destroy your faith utterly, totally, and thoroughly. He comes to kill, steal, and destroy. Okay? And he wants to destroy your faith most of all. So, They come here, they make their big debut, and they say, listen, all these holy books you got, including the Bible, especially the Bible, because they always seem to focus in on the Bible. Imagine that. You know, and this is what they've been saying in in, in a lot of these these channel communications and whenever people get abducted and they ask about Jesus Christ and these types of things. And and they would basically say, well, Jesus is one of us. He's he's just an ascended master. In fact, he's a lower level ascended master. In fact, his name's Sinan Emmanuel or Master Jesus, and he's... He's kind of a lower level guy. Um, 
you got it all wrong. You, you, you've got a total misinterpretation of the Bible. You, you've messed everything up. We created you. We were here. We seeded the planet millions of years ago with um, human life forms. And you've messed things up so bad that we're going to have to come back and straighten everything out. Because you obviously can't police yourself, so we're going to have to police you, being your creators. And all humanity is pretty much going to fall for this. You know, and, and if they've got, you know, a UFO that appears to be, you know, five miles wide above a city, which is exactly how the V series and a lot of these other um, district, that District 9 show and a lot of these other Independence Day, all these shows have these gigantic UFOs. I mean, what can you do against that from a, from a secular standpoint? Well, they want to just so overwhelm you with their supposed technology and with their version of events and so shake and rattle your faith, which they know is the one thing that is really their true enemy. I mean, the Lord Jesus Christ and his holy angels and Father God and, 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 and the saints on earth are the main enemy. And what they're going to try to do is shake and destroy the faith of the remnant Christians on the planet. And I'm just trying to prepare you for that. Because it's coming in one way, shape, or form. It may not go down exactly like I'm saying today, but in one way, shape, or form, they've gotten way too much invested in all of this brainwashing they've been doing with Hollywood, with books, with the New Age, with channelings, with alien abductions, and the list goes on and on. They got way too much invested in this for for anyone in their logical right mind to think, well, nothing's going to come of it. They did all that for nothing, you know. And I know, I've said a lot of this stuff before, but this is for the benefit of some of the newer listeners as well that might be hearing this for the first time, because um, this is going to be one of the main ways all humanity is deceived. So, going further, um, they're saying that now a race, back to the storyline of 2001 Space Odyssey, now a race begins between the computers and the human to reach the monolith placers. The winner will achieve the next step in evolution, whatever that may be. And again, that's the big theme. What are all of the New Age communications? What are these supposed ascended masters saying? What are the UFO people saying? They're saying, okay, listen, we created you, we seeded your planet, you're a little science experiment, now you, you've evolved and you've evolved and you've evolved, okay? Now you're ready to take your next step in evolution. Which they're going to term as going from the age of Pisces into the age of Aquarius. Okay? The Aquarian age. Maitreya talks a lot about this. This is going to be the steps where we will become as gods. Which is the same lie that the serpent told to Eve in the Garden of Eden. It says, wow, you eat this, this fruit here, you'll become as gods. You'll have your eyes opened. It's the same lie. Everybody wants to be a god. Why would everybody want to be a god? I mean, I'm not saying that Christians do, but, well, if you're a god, who are you accountable to? Oh, I'm not accountable to anybody. I am a god. Well, that's a pretty good deal for me. I can, you know, sin like crazy and, and, and do whatever I want. And I have, you know, I'm a god and I'm not accountable to anybody. I'm, I don't have to worry about going to hell. It's very appealing to most people. You know, they don't have to answer to a holy god. It's a lie from the pit of hell. But that's going to be the big carrot, you know, the big reward system that, that I believe they're going to put out there. And it's this next step in evolution. And also transhumanism figures into that, where, you know, you've got part literal, part robot, or part DNA from another 
species in you. And this is why we have to watch out with the vaccines so much. Because there's foreign DNA in the vaccines. And again, you look at Genesis 6, and you think, wow, the sons of God saw the daughters of men that they were fair. They took them wives off that they chose. And these wives bore them these Nephilim, these giants, these fallen ones. Well, what were they? They were a hybridization, the DNA of the fallen angels and of human women. And Jesus Christ said, as it was in the days of Noah, so shall it be in the days of the coming of the Son of Man. They're going to hybridize us. They're going to try to corrupt our DNA. And we're going to look at that in more depth in, later in this teaching. So again, what I'm kind of doing today is giving you a big compilation, a, a, kind of a review of a lot of things I've mentioned in the past without actually going majorly in depth on any one particular area. So, going back to the article, um, and he's saying here there's an update, the fourth and the best video is now available. Um, the names of the witnesses who recorded the UFO videos are not available at this time. The Dome of the Rock UFO incident took place in an area widely regarded as a no-fly zone. I mean, obviously, you're not going to have, you know, you don't want a lot of planes flying over the Dome of the Rock or the Jerusalem Temple Mount. You know, I mean, you know, if some crazy Muslim decided to fly over and drop a bomb or whatever, who knows? I don't think they do that because it's the third holiest site of Islam, but you never know. Um, obviously, it's a no-fly zone. Uh... And CNN has reported how the Israeli army shot down a UFO flying over a nuclear power plant last December. Frame-by-frame analysis of the UFO videos from last Friday's incident demonstrates how visual elements of the instrumental record record, record also reflect dimensions. And this is weird. This guy is really trying to tie this into some really deep New Age stuff. But he's saying... Frame-by-frame analysis of UFO videos from last Friday's incident demonstrates how visual elements of the instrumental record also reflect dimensions of Jewish, Islamic, and Christian spiritual traditions when viewed through the lens of the Tantric Yoga meditation philosophy. And isn't that weird? I just reported on the Tantric Yoga garbage that Rick Warren is bringing in to the church through this new health initiative that he's doing. I reported on it extensively. Tantric yoga is nothing more than very, very high-level occult sex yoga. Uh, it's a really good way to get demon-possessed and to demon-possess your partner, essentially. Rick Warren's bringing it right into the church. Okay? And it's kind of funny that he mentions tantric yoga meditation in this. You know, I just thought I'd throw that in. The historic location of Solomon's Temple... And today's Dome of the Rock, the Temple Mount, is one of the most hotly contested religious sites in the world, subject to claims from both Israel and the Palestinian Authority. The rock over which the dome stands is the foundation stone described in rabbinic tradition as the place from which the world was created. Also regarded in the Islamic faith as a step-off step point for Muhammad's ascent into hell. I'm sorry if they said heaven, but that's where Muhammad went. Anyway... While in the past, Muslim prayers were conducted facing towards the direction of the foundation stone, Jewish prayers are conducted following this alignment today. As long as a long-standing focal point for tremendous political and religious sentiment, the choice of this location for a mass UFO sighting in which the mysterious object hovered meters above the ground, or really above the, um, the Dome of the Rock, it looked like, above the ground, can only be considered as an act of intensive provocation. 
In fact, the brief incident exposed the UFO to the possibility of a serious military response. While local pilots offer air tours of Jerusalem, the skies directly over the Temple Mount are reportedly a no-fly zone. Um, and that's a little bit redundant because they talk about the CNN report. Um, so anyway, that's his. That's another secular take on the incident. And then we're going to look at one last brief secular take on this and then go into the Christian uh, take on this particular subject. Okay, so going further, next report, Are Extraterrestrials Living in China and the U.S.? This was another thing. A Canadian newspaper is reporting, and I give you the link to the Canadian newspaper, is reporting in its Wednesday, January 26, 2011 edition, that Sun Shili, Shilili, a retired foreign minister, foreign ministry official, states extraterrestrials are living among us. The China ET report uh, confirms my four-part exopolitics t- TV interview with uh, Jerry Willis, that an apparent extraterrestrial from Tai Seti, which is an area in space, resides in the United States. The Canadian newspaper reports as follows. Ex-China Foreign Ministry official says extraterrestrials are now living among us. Chinese scientists also say that aliens live among humans. This includes Sun Shili, a retired foreign ministry official who is now president of the Beijing UFO Research Society and also concludes that extraterrestrials are now living among us. And Sun is not the only expert in the country taking the subject seriously. According to the highly accredited Shen Situan, who is an actual rocket scientist and president of the Beijing Aerospace University and honorary director of the government-supported China UFO Research Association, he said, quote, every report of an alien encounter is worth investigating. Some of these sightings are real, some are fake, and with others it's unclear. All these phenomena are worth researching, end of quote. Researching UFOs could help spur new forms of high-speed travel, unlimited sources of non-polluting and non-fossil fuel-based energy, and faster-growing crops, claims Sun Shili, the president of a government-approved UFO Research Association, which membership is at 50,000. Now, we're going to discuss that more because the main, main thing you will always see regarding all these people in exopolitics, and I've heard them, I've heard them speak right alongside Christians at some UFO conferences I've seen, where it was kind of like half Christians speaking and half secular people speaking. I have heard them over and over and over state, and it's the same old tired, sorry thing they keep saying. But they want disclosure, and the main reason they want disclosure is for all the goodies. They want, quote, the technology that these aliens possess. They'll sell their soul. It don't matter what they've got to do, what jumps hoops they got to jump through. They are willing to sell their soul for this supposed technology that the aliens will bring us. Okay? And I'm I see it over and over and over again. That is their main motivation. And that is that is what what really drives these people that that are behind this this movement. Now, going into um, the next article, we're going to be looking at this GCF 2011 forum, Global Competitive Competitiveness Forum. 
And this is World Business Leaders to Discuss UFOs and Extraterrestrial Life. Now, this is by Michael Isalia. He's a PhD. He's one of the heads of the exopolitics movement. A leading business forum discussing global competitiveness will, in its annual conference, host a panel discussing UFOs and extraterrestrial life. This is a leading business forum. This was a really big deal. They're going to have a whole panel within this business forum, this global business forum, discussing UFOs and extraterrestrial life. This is pretty much the first I've ever seen anything like this. The Global Competitiveness Forum is hosted by the Kingdom of Saudi Arabia and discusses business trends and insights essential for future business investment and competitiveness. The panel is titled, quote, Contact, Learning from Outer Space, end of quote. And when they say contact, they're really talking about the contact with these alien life forms. And it features famed astrophysicist Dr. Michio Kaku, a leading Islamic, who is a leading Islamic scholar and Egyptian scientist and a member of the Supreme Council of Islamic Affairs, Dr. Zaghuli El-Nagar, uh, together with prominent UFO experts Stanton Friedman, who we just talked about, who had just made all the predictions and is heavily chiming in on the UFO orb thing, and Dr. Jacques, Jacques Vallée, who has been in the whole secular UFO movement for tons of years, and a guy named Nick Pope. He's the guy that walks around with the Pope's mitre all the time. Just kidding, sorry. Anyway, the Global Competitiveness Forum is posed to introduce, perhaps for the first time, many world business leaders to key issues concerning UFOs and extraterrestrial lives and how these impact on economic competitiveness. Now, this is how mainstream this particular subject is becoming. The Global Competitiveness Forum is hosted by the Saudi Arabian General Investment Authority and will be hosted in the capital of Radia uh, from January 22nd to the 25th, 2011. It's already happened, okay? According to an email from a veteran UFO researcher, Stanton Friedman, he says, quote, a clue into what is likely to be discussed at the upcoming panel is the question from the GCF website. Uh, contact, learning from outer space... And it goes on to say, using knowledge gained from the research of the fields of UFOlogy and the search for extraterrestrial life, what might we possibly learn about hindrances to innovation in other areas of inquiry? The GCF appears to be interested in learning about how information and or technology has been constrained in the past and what this means for the future of business investment. So in other words, what are they saying? They're saying, how has technology been suppressed? in the past, and um, how is that going to impact future business investment? In, in other words, how is the technology that we may possess regarding these alien life forms, what they're viewing as alien life forms, how is that going to, how has it impacted us, and how is it going to impact in, uh, future investment things? And, and, and how, I believe what they're really wanting to do is tap into this coming technology that these devil aliens are going to bring us, and how is that going to benefit humanity? How are we going to make a lot of money off it? Because the love of money is the root of all evil. So you know that has to be the very, very center. And the thing is, is we've had access to free energy for decades and decades and decades. It's all been suppressed, every bit of it. 
There's people that, that have invented cars that can run off water. And that guy was killed. And I, I believe there's been more than one person that's invented cars that actually can run off water. They found a way to actually combust water. That's one of the many. There's guys that were, back in the 70s, that were developing um, carburetors that could get three to 400 miles per gallon. Oh, no, 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 we can't have that. Why? Well, because, you know, a car today, oh, if it gets 30 miles to the gallon, it's a big deal, or 35, or whatever. We've had technology that, you know, where we could, even if we use fossil fuels, we could probably be getting 500 miles to the gallon. Okay? But that's not good for big oil. See, we're totally controlled and manipulated. All of these technologies, from a human standpoint, we've already pretty much, a, a lot of them, I believe, have been invented. They're just suppressed. They're suppressed. Uh, going further, um, quoting from this thing regarding Stan Freeman, in a recent book, Flying Saucers in Science, in the article on his website, Stan Freeman discusses how nuclear fusion energies were stifled in the past along with the repression of information concerning extraterrestrial life and technologies used for interstellar propulsion. Similarly, Dr. Michio Kaku has described some of the advanced energy propulsion systems most likely to be used by advanced extraterrestrial civilizations. Advanced propulsion systems. Okay, And these are like, typically would be under the guise of free energy. Uh, advanced propulsion systems systems. And I've heard some descriptions of these types of propulsion systems, and, and I mean, you know, they're pretty amazing. Um, the GCF hopes to stimulate dialogue over how issues related to UFOs and extraterrestrial life impact on national competitiveness of, competitiveness of oil-producing countries like Saudi Arabia. As the world's leading oil energy supplier, Saudi Arabia is taking a keen interest in future trends where new energy systems are developed for mass consumption. In other words, you know, if they if this were to become mainstream, this technology and oil's made obsolete, well Saudi Arabia is going to be hurting for certain. So what they want to do is they want to kind of be on the spear tip and say, "Okay, if we need to transition, we want to pre-position ourselves ahead of time to make the transition and to be at the head of the, on the tip of the spear instead of, instead of saying, you know, hey, we got all this oil to sell and nobody wants it because there's most likely going to come that day. Um, but it's going to come at a huge price because a lot of this is essentially um, going to be offered through satanic means or organizations. I mean, let's face it, if they have this disclosure and these supposed benevolent aliens come and act as our saviors and say we can eradicate cancer and and we're going to give you free energy and whatever. You have to understand, whenever Satan offers you something, the the price that you have to pay is, is going to be absolutely horrific. Okay, so you, you need to bear that in mind. Um, then it goes on to say, by taking a proactive role in business dialogue in the investment plans that discuss extraterrestrial life and alternative new energy technologies, Saudi Arabia hopes to use its enormous wealth as a means of ensuring future prosperity of its kingdom and citizens. Uh, that is both the right political move and a smart business strategy and will encourage world business leaders to also take proactive steps on issues related to extraterrestrial life and technology. So in other words, they're almost acting like it's just a matter of time before this this technology is available and it can't be suppressed anymore or, or this is going to be the ultimate, one of the ultimate carrots that these ascended masters or the antichrist offer to humanity. You know, there's going to be a lot of perks 
to serving Satan at first, most likely. It's all going to look like, you know, a really, really good thing. Um, of course, he is going to try to make it look as appealing as possible. Okay, And they're just trying to position themselves where, you know, they can take advantage of this, evidently, Saudi Arabia is saying. Um, and then it ends saying, yes, even Christians need to be aware of what's coming, especially those of us who study the end times Bible prophecy, pray for wisdom and discernment. Now that was an excerpt from lookupfellowship.com, um, who has, he has some excellent stuff up there, and um, I just kind of went through and cherry-picked some of the articles that relate to this particular subject. It's Jeffrey K. Rant, or J. Red, and... Um, uh, he's got some really good stuff up there, and I give you the links to go to his site as well. Now, again, that was off his site. He was actually quoting from that conference that we were just um, uh, talking about here. So I'm going to go ahead, and uh, I'm going to end part one here, which was mostly the secular look. And now, part two, we're going to look at this. Of course, I've given you a lot of things from a Christian standpoint where this is heading, but we're going to look at this more from a pure um end time, biblical, uh, Christian type of standpoint to kind of show us where this is all heading. So God bless you and we'll see you in part two. If you would like to sign up for Scott Johnson's free Christian current events and health newsletters, please email him at drjohnson at ix.netcom.com. That's D-R-J-O-H-N-S-O-N at the letter I, the letter X, dot N-E-T-C-O-M dot com with the word subscribe in the subject line. Scott Johnson's weekly audios are available for free 24-7 on the internet at contendingfortruth.com. That's C-O-N-T-E-N-D-I-N-G-F-O-R-T-R-U-T-H dot com. Please help us continue this work. To support this ministry, our mailing address is Scott Johnson, 2nd Line, 450 Conover, C-O-N-O-V-E-R, Boulevard West, number 202, 3rd Line, Conover, North Carolina, 28613. Or on the internet, PayPal can be used at contendingfortruth.com. Thank you, and may the Lord Jesus Christ richly bless you.